0: Sipping on
1: straight Glory, You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer. Over there with a special guest, a pair of special guests
2: on the hotline. Anya and Kevin are with the Murder Sheet podcast. And this show has been covering this story since we have been part of the afternoon drive here. And Anya and Kevin have been doing a great job in covering the Delphi murders. Amazing. We've got a lot of information here. So, Kevin, we're going to start with you today. Uh, We're going to need your legal background here. This claim from the defense team that evidence may have been deleted, how big of a deal is this? Is this something that we should really be looking at here? Or do you think this is the defense team trying to create this chaotic environment?
1: I think it's really hard to answer that question until we have a hearing, because they're making a lot of really potentially explosive allegations, as you say, about key evidence getting destroyed or erased. And so the question we have to answer is, was this done deliberately? Was this an accident? Is it even true at all? And I think in order to get those answers, we need to get all these people under oath, get them in front of the judge, and have them explain exactly what happened.
2: Okay, so let's back up a little bit, just in case somebody's turning their radio on and they're not really up to speed here. Anya, it's been a wild 24 to 48 hours with updates in the Delphi trial. Can you please get us up to date?
0: Absolutely, yeah, there's been a lot going on. One big thing is that Judge Gull has basically declined to recuse herself in the case based on the defense's request. She just came back today with a filing saying no, i'm not I'm not leaving. so Uh, you know that that kind of uh, shuts down that angle that the defense was going toward the defense has also filed for the case to be actually thrown out dismissed based on this loss of exculpatory evidence and in addition to that we've also had the previous defense team withdraw recently so now it's just basically one thing after another
2: specifically what is the defense claiming happened with evidence here
0: what they're saying is that interviews from 2017 with some of the men that they say are the Odinists responsible for the murders were taped over, essentially, and lost. And so what they're saying is that even though they still have documentation of those interviews and what was said, it would be far more helpful to them if they had the original phrasing in words so they can kind of review how these people came across and what they were saying exactly. So they're saying that that is exculpatory evidence that was lost, and based on that alone, it, the entire case should be thrown out.
1: Anya, what are Odinists, for those that don't know?
0: <laughs> I'm so glad you asked that. So Odinists, um, actually, in, in reality, they are people who follow a Germanic Norse religion, but specifically Odinism is a very white supremacist strain of that religion that's very prevalent in prison environments. So amongst Criminals amongst people who are violent, linked to drugs, things like that. And they worship like Odin, Thor, things like that. Now, there's a wider spectrum that's uh, known as heathenry, and they worship the same gods, but a lot of them are just normal, everyday people. They might worship uh, a religion that's against the, the norm, but they're not racist and they're not bad. So A lot of the discussion around this case has been focused on Odinism, but it's not always clear to me what is Odinism and what is heathenry, because there is a difference.
2: I'm reading this statement from the defense team. And again, this was uh, from court documents obtained by our news partners at Wish TV. This is from Richard Allen's defense team, quote, the destruction of material interviews of key suspects early in the investigation demonstrates negligence, if not intentional conduct. On the part of the state, how could law enforcement, while investigating the most serious of crimes, record over interviews of material suspects with recklessness or intentionality? Uh, Kevin, just for argument's sake here, because that's all we can kind of do right now is speculate until we see, you know, this play out in a courtroom. Let's just, for argument's sake, say that this happened, that the. Authorities somehow lost this evidence or destroyed it or recorded over it. What does this mean?
1: If you have the authorities intentionally destroying evidence that would lead to certain particular suspects, that could uh, suggest, uh, in theory, some kind of a cover-up or desire to protect particular suspects. I'm not saying that's what happened here. Right. I think that's something that the defense is suggesting, because they also, in the same filing, they mentioned that they found that there was a search warrant prepared in order to get phone information about a particular pair of suspects. That search warrant was not served for whatever reason. And they're suggesting that. The warrant was not served and the interviews were potentially erased, perhaps because there was a lack of interest in pursuing these particular suspects.
2: Now, I am not a lawyer. Let me make that perfectly clear. I just play one on the radio from time to time. But the key word I heard you say there was intentionally. What if and again, this is all speculative. But what if the authorities come out and say nothing was intentional, but it was an accident? Does that make a difference?
1: That potentially makes a very significant difference, because in anything done by human beings, accidents happen. Things get erased. Things get lost. Uh, Even in our own lives, we might lose car keys or things of that nature. And so if it's not intentional, if it was just an accident, I think the courts would be inclined to look at it differently. And that's why I think it's really crucial to have a hearing so we can hash all of this out and have all of the players explain exactly what happened to this evidence and why it no longer exists. Andy and Kevin from the Murder sheep podcast here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Do Has the defense, Richard Allen's uh, attorneys, definitively said what they think actually happened to Abby and Libby having to do with this Odinist cult and these two guys that may or may not have been interviewed by police? Have they said it was some sort of, it seems like, like ritual sacrifice or something like that? Have they come out and said that?
0: Yes, they 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 spelled that out in the Frank's memorandum that they feel this was a ritual sacrifice by a cult. What's interesting about that is when we talk to experts on white supremacist violence, the Odinists as as a group are are a violent group. There's been murders and violence linked to them. Most of them. Um, are a little bit taken aback uh, by the religious element, though, of these accusations, because oftentimes the violence is more political. The other thing that's interesting is that the original authors of this theory didn't agree with the sacrifice angle. We know that they had a bit of a different theory, even though it involved the same people and the same general outline. They didn't think this was a sacrifice. I believe they thought things were a little bit more personal.
2: So of the two major pieces of information that have come out in the last 24, 36 hours, number one, the defense team for Richard Allen wanting the charges dismissed, claiming that there was some uh, tampering with evidence. And number two, Judge Fran Gull saying, I'm not going to step down. I'm going to be the judge in this trial and citing the Indiana Supreme Court as the reason why. Do you think, just based on your experience of covering these types of things, do you think Judge Fran Goal should have removed herself?
1: I, I think the fact that when you look at the record, Judge Fran Goal has publicly stated that she feels that these defense attorneys have been grossly negligent. She's questioned their ability to conduct the defense, she's questioned their strategy, she's questioned the accuracy of things they put into their filings. I I think all of these things create an appearance that perhaps she may not be the ideal judge to be able to conduct uh, an absolutely fair trial with no appearance of bias.
2: And ultimately, this is kind of what the defense wants, right? They want this chaotic atmosphere. They want as much mayhem as possible. And they kind of want to lay the groundwork right now that even if their uh, client Richard Allen is found guilty, well, it was because the judge had a personal vendetta against them or something like that.
0: I believe that that benefits them. I think that also it benefits them. Because from early on, it seems like there's been a willingness to try the case in the press, which I think can be a a good strategy for a defense attorney. And in this situation, certainly all of this drama with the judge certainly keeps the focus in the press on the messiness of the case and, frankly, not on any of the facts of the case. So I think in some ways a lot of this plays into their hands and gives them the option of, you know, Filing an appeal later, because if you can argue that a reasonable person does not think that Fran Judge, uh, that friend gull is is doing um, a fair job as a judge, then that that really should be an automatic appeal.
2: So this trial is set to begin in October, but we're going to have some action next week. What's going on in Fort Wayne?
0: Well, what what may be happening in Fort Wayne next week, although the defense has asked for a continuance, is that there will be a hearing on the contempt charges that are being thrown against the defense team and and again the defense has said listen we don't have time to prepare for this but we've not had any sort of continuance from judge gull yet so it sort of remains to be seen whether it will happen
2: where can people find more information about the murder sheet podcast and all of the work that you guys do not just in regards to the delphi murders but all types of true crime type of stories
0: Oh, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, if you just type in a murder sheet there, you should be able to subscribe and listen along. And we cover, as you said, all sorts of different cases. But we so appreciate talking to you guys as always. You always ask such great questions on this case.
2: Thank you so much. Anya and Kevin, Murder Sheet Podcast. Thank you so much. This is The Hammer and Nigel Show.